chapter 12, actually. How many knows the book of Proverbs is good stuff? Is that not good stuff? I mean, it is like something you can read daily and just have good reminders of how to live, how to act. This may take me just a moment. There was a, and it might be, what translation word would pastor? Okay, okay, amen. She's serious. Because you know King James is what they, you know, is like what they dug up in the ground. You know, I've been preaching some churches. I wasn't preaching King James. I'm like, oh, you need to be preaching King James. I'm like, and, and specifically in a few Baptist churches that I, I had had the chance of preaching in, and and uh, I got kind of offended because I didn't preach from King James. I was like, I love King James. I got I got a few copies at the house, but I mean, I just like to preach from a different translation. Just I don't know, just easier to read and and it's easier for people to understand and well King James is you know just the only thing we and I said okay since King since I dug up the Dead Sea Scrolls and it said King James on it and Hebrew and Greek yeah it said King James in it since that was in the 1500s but we won't go there you know what I'm saying won't step on any toes I'm having a hard time finding this but I may paraphrase it because I know it's somewhere up in chapter 11 and 12 um, and this is something that's kind of been on my heart for a while, but then I, I read this verse the other day, and it really, really jumped out into what I, what I was kind of feeling, what things I've been kind of, I guess, praying about. How many knows that when sometimes you get something from God, and you got to find it in Scripture? And sometimes you get something out of Scripture, and then, and then you're able to apply it in your life, but sometimes there's something stirring in your soul and in your heart, and you're like, I know that's somewhere in the Bible, because it is, it is powerful stuff, it is good stuff, and, um, and, to make a connection with the word is always, always, I mean, not just a good thing to do, but a necessity to do in life. I mean, not just the things that are spiritual, but with things like finances, you know, things, how to raise your kids. I mean, we got to make a connection with the word, you know, to be able to be successful, to be productive, and to complete the will of God in our lives. Um, it's just, and, and if we're not making a connection with the word, then what are we making a connection with? And um, it's important to be just rooted in the Word of God. So rooted that you don't have to do this. You know what I'm saying? I'm preaching to myself. I don't think I'm going to spend another second looking at it. You have to apologize for me not being able to find it on such short notice. But I'm just going to preach real quick. And I may I may tag Pastor Tim just to kind of rant and rave because I know he can when, when, I, when I maybe give a couple good points. But um, I know I know he I, he'll have some stuff to add to it. That's not that's I'm not dog. I'm just saying he he'll be able to add a lot more to it, you know, and filling filling cracks. I didn't mean it like y'all y'all think I'm like mean or something. I know he'll be able to fill in a lot more cracks and anything that I might miss. But there is something that's been kind of been on my heart, um, and it's this idea of living outside of our means. Well. Um, <laughs> And, the, and the, 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 the idea is, in America, the American culture has taught us 
what we should look like, how we should live, the things that we should have, the clothes that we should wear, how we should act, the car that we should drive, how many houses we need to have, how many vehicles, this, that, and the other. You got to have a big TV. You got to have this. You have to have, you know, nice furniture. You, I mean, you, you've got to have this and that. And if you can't afford it, then get a credit card. And if you can't afford it, that's okay because you can come over here and we'll write you a big fat loan and you can just get it and, and, you, and you can have these things. And, and obviously, we've know, know, we know where that has led our nation to, all right? It's led our nation to a recession, right? It's led our nation to, to going bankrupt and, and to crash in the stock market and all these kind of things. And it's all because the entire nation of America has bought into this absolute lie which we call we have been calling a dream of this is a dream you can have what you want pay it off don't worry about it but you can have it right now and uh, unfortunately um, we've got we, our nation has gotten in a huge mess financially and I don't know where all I'm gonna go with this but I feel like this is gonna be something I talk about dealing with your finances and I don't preach on finances. You know what I'm saying? You're looking at me, you're like, homeboy, you are 23. You don't know nothing about no finances. You know what I'm saying? Wait till you have some kids, and then maybe we can talk about finances. Uh, it was like the first time I preached here. I, I was sitting in the car like, I cannot believe I'm about to preach this message. But I knew I was supposed to preach it. And I was in the car with Sarah. I'm just like, I cannot believe I'm about to preach it. Like, I'm a, like these people are going to think I'm crazy. I came in here preaching to be godly parents. And, and I'm like, that's the first thing I said. I said, y'all going to think I'm an idiot? That's fine. If I were you, I probably would too. But I'm going to talk about godly parenting today. You know what I'm saying? And it was a good message. It was a good message. You know, and, um, and so today you, you may say, I, I don't know, Pastor Bryce. I don't think you understand the totality of what a financial uh, struggle is or what a real budget looks like in, in a household of four, five, six, or seven. But there's just some things I want to just kind of touch on today um, regarding this that I think will help us all out. Amen. Just kind of give us a heads up. And if you say, I'm, I'm ahead of you, that's fine. Help me preach a little bit. Amen. Just help me out. You know, give me an amen. Give me a fist pump, whatever. A high five, a chest bump, whatever. It make me feel good about myself. All right. But this idea of living outside of our means has, I mean, paralyzed us as a nation. And... It is all because we have just said, you know what? I'm going to get mine while I can. You know what I'm saying? I want to get mine while I'm looking good. I want to get mine while I'm young or whatever. Unfortunately, we cannot live our lives outside of the means that God has placed us in. Are you hearing me? There, there, there is a limit, there is a boundary that God has us in, and we cannot step out of it. And I'm talking about finances, okay? And, and hear me out, all right? We, we cannot be a people, as the church, we cannot be a people who live like this. Are you hearing me? We cannot be a people who, who succumb to this, who, who submit ourselves to this, because... I'm going to be real with you. I, I would rather be a good parent. Maybe, maybe, maybe I have to be poor, but I'd rather be a good parent and be poor than be a parent who's never home, 
who's never with my kids, who's, who's never, who's never given them the, the time of day, and then give them clothes, and then give them cell phones, and then give them computers, and laptops, and iPods, and all the kinds of, and that's great, and, and maybe I would understand one day, because I'm learning too, because I'm, I'm the young one here, I understand that, and maybe I'd understand too one day when I have kids, and I just want to bless them, and I just want to give them things that I didn't have, because I know that's what my dad always told me, I want to, I want to give, I want to give you things that I never had a chance to ever have, you know what I'm saying, and I'm thankful and grateful that I had parents, and I tell these kids every day, you better be thankful you got parents that take care of you, that love you, that give you stuff, you know, that, that bless you, that give you money to go out to eat, and, and money to do this and get that. Like, you better be thankful, because there's some parents that could care less. And I, and I know about, and, I, and not, not in this house, but I know about some houses in Cleveland that, I mean, treat their kids like dirt, literal dirt. Where Sarah works, she has to go and counsel uh, adolescents and teenagers all throughout Cleveland, and she counsels the worst of the worst, okay? And that is no exaggeration. If she would have sit down and tell you some of the stories of places where she had to go, the people that she had to sit down and counsel, it would blow your mind. You would say, in Cleveland, Tennessee? You would seriously say, you would say, right, are you kidding me? That sounds like in the ghetto of Atlanta, or that sounds like somewhere in just in some impoverished country in Haiti or something, some of the things, but she, but these places are in Cleveland, and it's, it is incredible what people succumb themselves to just to attain a dream, and uh, it's unfortunate, man, and it, it is nasty, there's nothing, there's nothing pretty about it, there's nothing funny about it, but when I see it, it, it is, it is, it is someone who says, you know what, I don't really want to have to work that hard. If I, if I can get what I want to get, then, that, then that, that makes me happy. And unfortunately, obviously the American dream, in my, in my perspective, is a very selfish dream. Um, anybody agree? It's very selfish. It's about getting what you want and getting it now. And that, and that as a church, how, how can we live our lives like that? Are you understand what I'm saying? As the church, the body of Christ, there is absolutely no way that we could submit ourselves to such a, dr a dream. You, are you kidding me? We have, to, we have to live outside of this. We have to be a people who rise above this. And we have to be a people who set a standard in this nation. Because I'm telling you, man, things are changing in this nation. And, and, and it is about time that the church of Jesus Christ, God Almighty, begin to rise up and set the standard, man. Amen? I'm not talking about Church of God or Assembly of God. I'm talking about any place where the name of Jesus is praised. It is my prayer, man, that, that these places would just absolutely begin to rise up and just set the standard for this nation that is just looking for an answer. Right? And each one of us have to take the mandate of I have to be an answer for somebody, right? I tell, I tell my, my youth kids every Wednesday night, you have an opportunity to change one life. And you, you may be freaking out because I'll be telling them, you know, you got to save souls, you got to do this, you got to witness, you got to do that. And I understand, like, in those moments when I was in youth, it was like, I don't know if I could save my whole high school. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know why, but that's your immediate thought. Like, I don't think my whole high school is going to get saved. You know what I'm saying? And 
I say, you know what, I understand the reality of it, but at the same time, I understand that there is one person that you know that you can have influence over and that you could literally change their life eternally. And, and, that's, and to me, that's a message to all of us of all ages. We know every single person, amen, knows somebody that does not know the Lord, and they're probably proud of it. You know what I'm saying? They flaunt it or whatever. You know, I, I work with people that are proud of it that they don't know Jesus, and they're proud of all the things that they're involved in outside of Jesus. And um, everybody's kind of going, oh, my God, amen. So, I mean, we know people who live like this, right? And, and as the church, dude, we have to take we have have to take such a level of urgency with our lives. You know what I'm saying? We can't we can't just come in and go out and come in and go out, and go to work and leave week in and week out and, and never ever ever think about the effect that we could have on one life. You hear me? One life. I know you're saying I can't change a nation, that's fine. I don't think I can either. But I'm going to tell you right now, the people I'm going to go to work with, I think I could change a couple of people. You understand what I'm saying? I understand that I can't change the whole business, but I can understand I can change the person that's on the right or the left of me. Amen? And I know I can't change this whole state, but I know that the person I'm with right now, I could probably make some changes in their life eternally. Amen? And, and, and we got to start there. You know what I'm saying? We have got to start there and say, you know what? So-and-so, I think I could do something about that. I think, I think gradually I can do, and, and I had some of the kids in youth group begin to share some of the testimonies of them stepping out and, and talking to people. <laughs> and I'm talking about kids talking to lesbians. Are you hearing me? I'm talking about, I'm talking about people who are like, not, not just like some little like half in, half out church go. I'm talking about people who are like serious about their, their life and sin. You know what I'm saying? If, if we can be real, amen. And, and it, it, there's nothing that makes me more proud about a youth group that can reach out to people like that. Amen? When there's kids that begin to step up and say, hand a Bible to a lesbian and say, what do you think God thinks about? Not condemning. She's friends with her and says, what do you think about what God thinks about your life? And this person had nothing to, had nothing to reply to it. And I believe that's the place where we got to be at. We got to be at a place where we start being proactive. Amen? Uh, we, we wait for a moment, we wait for a time in, in our job and or, or some kind of season in our life. We say, you know what, there's going to be a time where, I'm, where I know my Bible verses well enough and I, and I know my sermon topics well enough and I know my theology well enough. And, and, then, I'm, and then, I, then at those moments, then I'm going to be able to really, I'm going to bring it, you know. There's going to come a day where I'm really going to bring it, you know. But we can't be reactive, because I believe the whole reason why the church is in a lot of mess that it's in, because we've been reactive. All right, we've got to be a people who are proactive. I've got a place where I, when I go to work, I'm, not even, I'm just going to start talking to people. <laughs> just like, there's been moments where I just start talking to people about the Lord, because I'm like, you know what? I ain't going to sit here and wait like God's going to shine down. Here's the moment. Okay, I'm going to talk. You know, I, I, I'm just going to begin to just release the word of the Lord. And just see what happens. We ain't got nothing to lose. You know what I'm saying? If it don't work today, okay, no big deal. I'm going to try tomorrow, right? If it, if it don't, if, if I don't hit a home run today, that's fine. I'll try tomorrow. I got, I got plenty of chances at bat. You know what I'm saying? Eventually, I'm going to hit one out of the park on somebody. 
And sometimes we got to think like, oh, if we messed up, then that's it. No, every single day, man, you're going to see them. You're going to be in contact with them. And, you, and, we, and we can't let up. There has to be just a confidence, a boldness, an endurance, a stamina that's in us that shows that this thing that we believe in is real. Amen? And that's, and that, and that's where we got to be as a church. And, and I think if we were proactive in 1973, come on now, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be talking about abortions. You understand? We wouldn't talk about Roe versus Wade. If they're tra- all of a sudden, 1973 happened, every, every, all of a sudden, every, everybody started to pray. We got to pray. We got to pray. We should have been praying before then. You know what I'm saying? What are you talking about? We need to pray now. You should have been praying before then. Maybe we wouldn't even have this problem. We go, they took prayer out of schools. Well, there probably wasn't really that much prayer going on in school to begin with. Oh, come on now. If they took it out, it wasn't that big of a problem for them to take it out. I guess there wasn't a whole lot of really that much prayer. It must have been, must have been praying like this. You know what I'm saying? Because it wasn't that hard to take it out. And all of a sudden, now they took it out, now everyone's freaking out. Hey, I don't, I don't agree with it. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not about it. But I'm just saying we've got to be people who are proactive when it comes to the things of God. And prayer is one of those things. we got to be proactive, man. We can't wait for moments in our life and say, oh, my God, I need to, come on. Everybody knows we have moments in our life where you know you weren't, you weren't praying like you should have been praying. You weren't connected like you should have been connected. And then all of a sudden you get hit hard with something. And it's like, I've got to get on my knees and pray. I'm going to tell you, there's no better place to start than in prayer. But you should have started last week. You know what I'm saying? You should have started after the last sermon you heard. You know what I'm saying? You should have started after that last Sunday morning. You said, you know, I'm going to start praying. Yeah. We as a church, as a body, we have got to be a people who are proactive. And things like prayer, dude, shouldn't even be a question of whether or not we do. You know what I'm saying? And that's why it frustrates me when we, when we call prayer meetings and we do, oh, hey, let's pray together. And, and that's, this is what happened. I told my youth from the get-go, I said, let's all pray. And they all did this. What is this? What are y'all doing? You know, sleeping or meditating? I said prayer. And prayer means I got to open my mouth and begin to pray and speak and communicate to God. All right? If I said meditate, I wouldn't be fussing. But I said prayer. You know what I'm saying? If I said sleep, let's go to sleep. Let's take a nap. I wouldn't be fussing. But we're talking about Prayer, <laughs> my goodness. So we got to be a proactive, and we got to be people who don't live outside of our means. I can't afford two cars, so I don't buy a second car. You understand what I'm saying? And I have people tell me, well, why don't you just, you can get finance, and you can get this and that. Hey, I still see the end sum, all right? Of twelve, thirteen thousand, and I know I ain't gonna make that by the end of the year, right? So I ain't gonna put myself in a pickle, right? What well, just? Oh, it's America! Come on, I mean, you can pay it off five years, ten years. I got a Mexican friend that be telling me that at work. Come on, you can pay it off. Get a motorcycle, get a car. I'm like, no. That's why we're in what we're in, because we keep telling you, go buy, it, go get it. Go have it. Get that house. Get that car. Get it. It's like, no, I'm going to be in debt. I'm going to be miserable because I'm going to be in debt. 
All right? So we can't, we can't be a people who live outside of our means. And I, I'm telling you right now, I cannot say that enough. And if you're already worn out with it, I'm probably going to say it a half a dozen more times today. That we, we, can't, we can't do that. And if you're saying, you know what, I need that house. I need that car. You just don't know, Pastor Bryce. I've been wanting that. And God said the desires of my heart. He would give to me. I heard that so many times. I'm thinking, God probably wanted your desires to be a little bit different than a four-door Chevy, all right? I think God's desires wanted you, you know, I think he wanted your desires to be just a little bit maybe towards his will, all right? And that's great that God, and I'm, I'm not saying that God doesn't want to bless you because he does, okay? This is a man standing up here that is blessed, okay? Blessed. And I'm not, I'm, I believe in God blessing you. And I'm, when we talk about tithe and we talk about offering, dude, God honors that. There ain't no joke about it. God didn't just do it just to pick on you, you know what I'm saying? God's doing that because he wants to show you that if you work within the confines of his will, he's going to be able to do things that you could never, ever do on your own. And that's the whole reason why we work with God and we submit to God and, 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 we, and we give God our lives is so that, we, so that he can do something that we can never do. Amen? I mean, that's the whole reason why I'm connected to God. Right? I'm not seeing what all I can do. I'm not seeing what all I can accomplish. I'm seeing what God can do, amen? I want to see what God can do with a life that's completely surrendered, right? That's, that's submitted to him and wants to see his will be done. Because I've seen the best that man can do, right? I mean, can we agree? I've seen what Michael Jordan can do, you know what I'm saying? I've seen what the CEOs and, and all these different people can do and accomplish, and that's great. But it's about time someone raised up and said, you know what? I've seen what you can do, but I think God can do better. And, and I'm thankful that, that you've been able to be successful and be productive, and that's great. But I think God, come on now, I think God can do a little bit better. And I know you've been able to pr produce a lot of things in your life and, and, and be happy and have all these possessions. But I think God has something better than just what I can attain, what I can own, what I can drive. I think God has something greater. Come on now something greater, something with power. Amen? Come on now, don't let me just preach to myself. Come on, man. That's what, that's what we have to strive after. I told my wife, if, if I never made another big, huge paycheck, whatever, that's fine because I would much rather, I would much rather have his will, have his presence, have his blood and his anointing than all those things. I could live like I'm living now and be perfectly fine. And some of us can't say that. Let's be real. Some of us can't say that. I can't live like this and be happy. I can't live like this another second. I, I'm telling you right now, I'm about to just lose it. We, and now, now it gets quiet. You know what I'm saying? And now it's getting real. Some of you say, I, you just don't understand. I need this and I need that. No, what you need, come on now is Jesus. And you need more of Jesus. And you need more of God. And we can't be distracted and say, I need to get these clothes and I need to get these possessions. I need these cars. I need this home. Come on now. That's got to be just Jesus. And I'm telling you, when you make your life just about God, you will, you, you will be blown away when you see, come on now, 
when you see come, when he starts pouring blessings over you and you're going, I would have never saw that one coming because you, you would have never been worried about that thing coming, right? You would have never been worried about that next paycheck or you would have been never fretting over that next car. But because you set your standard higher, come on now, when you set your eyes on something better and greater, God blesses you, amen? And that's just the bottom, the bottom, bottom, absolute bottom line when you live for Jesus. When you make it in your heart and soul, when it's just about him, come on, everything else is taken care of. I got, I got so frustrated. I'm going to be real with you. I got so frustrated about two weeks ago, and Pastor Ron about read my mail, because I was up on stage, and she, she called me afterwards and said, something was wrong with you today, right? And I was like, oh, my God, read me like a kid's storybook. You know what I'm saying? Like, there couldn't be something more wrong with me. You know what I'm saying? And, and uh, Sarah started laughing because Sarah said, I know why, I know why she saw something, because we came to church late, and you were mad. You know, we, we came to church a little late, and I was kind of frustrated, because I hate being late to anything. All right, and Sarah, Sarah was going, I know why you were mad. I know why she thought you were mad because, you, you, you know, we got to church a little late. And I was like, well, I guess that was a little bit <laughs> of it, but it wasn't really it. I, I, had, I had come to service, it was, it was a couple weeks ago. I guess about three weeks ago now. Man, I was just frustrated, dude. And I was frustrated financially. I mean, frustrated. I wasn't worried. I wasn't stressed out. You know, I knew God was going to provide, but I was just like, when? I know, but when? You know, I believe. When? You know, when's this gonna happen? Okay, I've been believing. <laughs> now, when's it gonna happen? And um, I was just frustrated. I, I wasn't mad at God. You understand? I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't disappointed in God. I was just like, I was just kind of like, thought this would already happen by now. And I kind of thought this whole thing would already unfolded by now. And um, it, was a, it was a Monday morning. Sarah took me to work. I didn't say a word. I was just, I can't believe I'm going to this job again. I can't believe. And I'm thankful I got a job in our, in our economy. You better be thankful for what you got, all right? And I'm thankful for what I got. And I always tell God, I'm, I'm thankful for the job I have. I'm thankful thank you for the work that you've been able to bless me with. But I'm just like, I just want something. I want to work more. I want to have a better job. You know, I want to, I want to use my labor better, you know? And... Um, and she took me to work, and I was frustrated. I didn't hardly say anything. And uh, I think we text back and forth, and I was just like, sorry, I'm just frustrated. That's all. Just, that's it. I don't even want to talk about it because I feel like a kid. You know what I'm I feel like I'm so immature, like, being frustrated about something like this because I know I shouldn't be. And so, so it's almost, like, embarrassing or humbling, like, to be like, okay, I'm just kind of frustrated. I can't believe I'm frustrated. You know, I shouldn't be frustrated. I'm frustrated that I'm frustrated. And so, and so I'm just, like, doubled up here, you know. And so, um... I worked that Monday, I worked a double, I worked all day, and I made more money than I've ever made in my entire life at this, at this job, at O'Charlie's. I worked, I worked from, I don't know, 10 to 10, something like that, 10 to 9. I made $180. You know what I'm saying? And, of course, Sarah's texting me. She's going, I told you so. I told you so. I'm like, oh, my God. That's exactly what I need. Um. And so, so, I mean, it couldn't be a better time. The next day, I get a call from Bald Head Bistro. Want to set up an interview. I know you're not clapping, but I'm jumping up and down inside. You know what I'm saying? I get a call from Bald Head Bistro. 
just like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, cause I have never ever been frustrated about my finances, but I mean, I mean that day I could I can't even explain how frustrated I was, and uh, Sarah could agree. You know, she could she could tell you, yeah, I'm frustrated, and Mug was frustrated. Um, Sunday I get the college set up for an interview. Thursday, we go in. I go in. I do the interview. I mean, I feel like I aced it. You know, what I'm saying I feel like I did perfect. Looked sharp. You know, was confident. Whatever, whatever it's supposed to be on the interview, and. Um, and they're like, you know, we'll, we'll set up a second interview sometime next week. We'll let you know, you know, if you don't get the call for the second interview, then you just didn't get the job. You know, so I'm like, that's fair enough. You know, that's fine. And they call me the next day. Hey, you want to work Tuesday? <laughs> I'm like, ain't nothing wrong with that. I'm like, so you don't want to do the second interview? I'm already in. Okay, my bad. All right. <laughs> oh, you don't need a second interview. I didn't have a second interview. You want I need to tell you I didn't have the second interview because I was told I needed a second interview, but I didn't. And so, so God, God is so good. I've been kind of starting there, and it's been great, and it's been a blessing. Um, and so I'm telling you, man, when, when there's moments where you feel like there's just, you don't know what else you're going to do. I mean, you can't turn away from him. You, know, you can't turn away from his word. You can't turn away. I don't care how many years it's been. God isn't, God isn't working on our time scale. You know what I'm saying? God isn't working on our clock. He's not on Eastern, you know. He's not on Western, you know, Pacific. He, he's on his whole, whole different time scale. He's on the eternity time scale, right? And, uh, and we can't sit here and, like, wait on God like we're waiting on a bag of popcorn. You know what I'm saying? Or, like, we're waiting in line for a cheeseburger. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, my God, like my coffee at Starbucks is taking, like, five minutes. Are you serious? You know what I'm saying? Come on now, get real. I love it. I love when people people come to Charlie's and they expect that their well done steak in about five minutes. Come on now, this is a preach. You ask for something that you know is gonna take some time. <laughs> come on. You want you want this meal a certain way and you don't get it your way? Come on now, this is a preach. And if you want it, you're gonna have to wait for it. And if you want it to be good, you, you have to be a little patient. Right? And if you want something short and sweet, and yeah, you can go get something short and sweet, and that'd be it. Right? But you, if you want something good, come on, you want something that will satisfy your soul, come on, you're going to have to wait, and you're going to have to wait, and you're going to have to wait, and you're going to have to be patient, and you're going to have to be polite. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to slide that one in there. You're going to have to be nice to me, because I ain't the one cooking your food. Right? this good stuff I know I know I ain't no I'm just a little kid or something all right but I, I but I, I really believe man when you when you set yourself up to not live by this dream I believe you set yourself up for the richest life anybody could ever have the richest come on I when when I heard about I'm just going to tell a few stories. When I heard about Chris Brown, he's a big, huge, kind of up, he was an up-and-coming star. He's not that big of a deal now. But when he, when he was 16 and 17, big deal, you know what I'm saying? You know, I mean, making the albums, making big money, whatever. And he's a hip-hop artist or whatever. And he, uh, he everyone kind of knows the story, he beat up his girlfriend. Bitter and all this crazy, ridiculous stuff. Just, there's pictures of her all over. It was all over the news for, like, months, you know, of, like, 
pictures of her beating her up and all this stuff. And I was talking to my buddy. We were going to leave. It was my senior year. I was like, I would never, never, ever lay a hand on any woman like that. I was like, I could care less how much money. Come on now. I care how much money is in my bank account, what kind of clothes I'm wearing, when I'm driving. I would never, ever, ever, ever treat my woman or any other woman on the earth like he treated her. And I was like, I was, and me and my, me and my uh, roommate were talking. We were kind of talking each other up. And I was like, I think we are better men than Chris Brown. Amen. I think we deserve a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to put a little demand on God. Hey, you giving this to him, and look what he did. I think I've been doing pretty good. Where mine at? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And me and me and my me and my roommate, we were we were we were getting, we, we were like, yeah, man, yeah, that's that's right, yeah. It's about time, yeah. When you get ours, yeah. When you get our blessing, you know. Look at him. He's horrible an example. He's a horrible example. And I'm telling you, I make me the poorest dude. Come on now, on earth than to ever do anything like that. I would much rather be the poorest guy on the earth to ever do anything like that to a woman. And, and, and I want you to catch this kind of stuff because I, I want us to just live by, just have our mindset, just, just kind of change a little bit. We just have to live on this completely different standard. You know what I'm saying? Of what success is, of what's productive, huh? about what, what, it's, what it means to be rich. Come on now. I mean, we talk about blessing, and obviously the first thing we think is money. You know what I'm saying? I need a blessing. And like, no, you need a paycheck. You need a job. You know what I'm saying? And most of us want a blessing without doing any work, right? We want someone to hand us just a, one day someone's just going to, I know someone's just going to knock on my door. Jesse Duplantis is going to knock on my door. He's going to give me a big old check. I know it because I've been praying that God would speak to him. And it's going to happen. I prayed that prayer. Believe me, I have. Believe me, I have. By the same time, if you ain't got a job, if you ain't, if you ain't trying to get a job, and you ain't trying to put out work, then I don't, I don't, I don't see, do you think God's going to be like, Okay, all right, you prayed enough. I think God is just getting us to a place where we just have to live on a different standard, where we're honest with ourselves and we're honest with Him, and that we're doing everything that we can. And and I and I used to and I used to be fresh about my finances, and then I, and then after this all happened, I got to the place in saying, you know what? If I'm working as hard as I can, and I'm doing everything that I can. Come on now. Then what else can I do other than just believe and trust in God and know that everything's going to be a-okay? And believe me, there's not a more peaceful place to be at than knowing I'm doing everything that I can. I'm working as hard as I can. And you know what? Now it's just up to you, Lord. And when you put it in His hands, you cannot fail. The moments that we begin to fail is when we mess up on our end, right? When we don't do our part, and then we expect God to make up for our part and then still do his part, 
right? As if his part isn't already big enough and great and powerful and awesome. But then we expect him to kind of make up for our, you know, uh, come on now. I mean, we got to be real. We got to, we got to, we got to do our part on the earth. And I, when I begin to live like that, dude, there wouldn't be there wouldn't be more peace. I wouldn't make that much money that day. I'd say, you know what? I worked all day. What else? What else can I do? You know what I'm saying? This is a job that I have, and I've been trying to get different jobs and, and see what's out there. But you know what? What else I can do today? Today that was today. Thank God that He's still Lord, Amen, and that He hasn't changed, right? And He isn't He isn't fretting that I didn't make that much money. You know what I'm saying? Because He knew there was another day that was going to come where I was going to be able to. As long as I did my part, because what if I, because I wasn't going to work that Monday all day, because I was frustrated. I said, you know, I'm just going to work today. What if I didn't work that day? Then I wouldn't have received that blessing. Come on now. Some of you are wondering why you haven't received it, and, and partially it's because you haven't done it, right? Because you haven't stepped out and really believed that God could bless you. You know, you kind of sit on your butt and you don't really do anything. And then, and then you're wondering where God's at. And God's like, where are you at? You know what I'm saying? I'm waiting on you to get out and so I can bless you, right? I'm waiting for you to get out and so I can, so I can give you something that you never had before. And so, I mean, I mean, we have got to do our part. And, dude, when you do your part, you can believe that Jesus will do his part. You hear me? When you do what God is telling you to do, and, and you may be tired, and you may be worn out, and you, and you may be exhausted. And it may not make much sense, but, man, when you do what you can do, you better believe God is just going to absolutely just rock your world. I mean, that's, that's just been the testimony of my life for the past year. And um, I hope it blesses you in times where you feel like, you know what, I don't know what else to do. I'm just going to call it. I'm calling a sick day. There are plenty of times I wake up in the morning. I'm like, Sarah, let's just call in sick. Let's just call in sick. And just, I just take the day off. But can you imagine what if I would have took the day off Monday and I didn't get that $180? I would have been about twice as frustrated Tuesday, right? I would have been just as much frustrated Tuesday and then Wednesday. And then, and then I would have been wondering where it was at. God would have been like, I wish you would have just went to work Monday, right? I wish you would have just done your part because I was waiting right there to hand you the blessing that you were waiting for. There's a scripture in Proverbs that talks about, I'm going to paraphrase it a lot, and you can kind of look through it and try to find it maybe sometime today. Um, it talks about um, basically not living in some kind of fantasy world, not living for the fantasy that you dream about. And um, that's why I wanted to kind of address this issue with us today because I believe we got to be a people who got to live outside of the fantasy, of this fantasy world, of this celebrity world, right, of this superstar world. And we gotta, and we got to be a people who, who live with the reality of life and apply the word of God in our life every day. If we do these things, man, if, if we're applying the word to our life, I mean, there is nothing that can stop us. Nothing. The word, amen? The word. If we apply the word in our life, there's nothing that can stop us. 
and, and, and living outside of your means will kill you. It will destroy you. It's, it's already destroyed enough people. Right? I'm not even talking about people in the church. You know, I'm talking about just everyday people who say, I need to get the boat, and I need to get the car, and I need to get the house, and i got to have this and that, and then life is going to be good. And then they get it all, and then they're in a mountain of debt, and then, then, then it's selling it back, and then trying to make it back up, and then we got to live outside of those means. Right? Sometimes I pray... And it's hard to pray sometimes, this prayer, but sometimes I pray, you know what, Lord? If I wasn't given anything else, if I wasn't given the house and I wasn't and I wasn't given the cars and I wasn't given the money, living for you would be enough for me. And sometimes that's hard to pray because I want those things. You know what I'm saying? I want those things. I want to be able to have those things. I want to be able to provide it and all those kind of things, but when providing isn't the issue, Jesus has to be enough. You hear me? And it's you gotta you gotta get outside of what is providing and what is living outside of your means. Unfortunately, I, I, I know that there are even some people in this house that do that. I'm just gonna be real. There's some of us that, that in here, and we do that. We, we try to live outside of our means. And um, I'm, that's why I'm talking to you today. It's not just to joke around, make you laugh, and make you feel good. I mean, that's part of it, too. You know, I'm, I'm a happy-go-go guy. But at the same time, I know this is something that God has laid on my heart to share with you. And um, we got to be a people who, who live by a different standards. I know I've said it, and I've said it, and I've said it. But I'm telling you, we have just absolutely got to change the way we think about what is success. And I'm just going to hang here for a moment because because I need you to just begin to think about what success really is. Is it really the house? You know what I'm saying? Is it really the cars? Is it really the money? Is it really the bank account? Is it really the possessions? Is it really those things? And some of us have to dig deep, man. And kind of uproot, uproot these mindsets that say, this is what makes me happy. This is what's, if I get these things and then I've arrived and everything will be good. And everything will be great then. And, and you'll spend your whole life waiting to re- receive something that's not even from God. And what more of a waste is it to wait for something, right? Wait for something that's not even from God than it is to wait for something that is from God. I mean, you know, it's easy to wait for something that's from God, right? But it's hard to wait wait for something that's not even from Him. I'm not, I'm not at a loss of words. Think about what's, what's going on. I want you to put this whole American dream, this whole American society, just put on pause just for a minute, dude. Let's just think about God. Let's think about His will. Let's think about what the things that He would have us to do. 
Because I'm telling you, I don't care if we have to wait here till 3 o'clock in the evening. I'm ready to break it off of God's people. You know what I'm saying? If you think I'm just trying to be patient with you or anything like that, no, I'm, I'm ready for this thing to be broken over, over our nation and over, over our people, right, who have just, in my opinion, made themselves slaves to Pharaoh with credit cards, right, and made themselves slaves to debt, right, to Pharaoh. Makes me mad, dude. Makes me real mad. It doesn't make me mad that not only the people in America live, but people in the church live like this. It's one thing for people in the world to live like that, but it's a whole nother thing when you got people in the church that are buying into it too. That's when, like, the kick-your-butt anointing comes on somebody. You know what I'm saying? So that's not how it is. That's not how it's supposed to be. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, and I'm telling you. We have to live on a different standard. When it comes to success, when it comes to being rich, I'm telling you, man, it fires me up. I can't tell you enough how much it fires me up to sit here and see God's people struggle for something that's not even from God. Struggle and work and sweat and do everything they can to try to make it happen. And it's like, seeing, seeing, seeing parents work, work their tails off live in a, in a beautiful home and make sure all their kids have all these beautiful things and their kids are just living in sin. I'm going to be real. Because I've seen people like that. Oh, parents just work, 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 work. Leave their kids at home. Work, 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 work. Never at home with their kids. Never raising their kids. Their kids going and staying with their friends for weeks at a time. There's people that live like that. And some of us know people who live like that. And I want to be real with you, and some of us know how their kids live. Let's be real. And unfortunately, the parents believe that they're doing something good. And as a parent, I couldn't commend I couldn't commend a parent more about working hard to bless their kids. I couldn't I couldn't give you I couldn't give you more thanks for being a parent like that. But I'm gonna say to you this morning, what what is more important? Is the house more important than your child's salvation? Is the car, is the possessions more important than your child's or your household's 
salvation. What's more important? What is more important? Because I'm telling you right now, I could care less how much money I am making if my kid is doing horrible in their spiritual life. You move me to a different city, to a church that's full of the Lord and make me take a pay cut. Come on now, this fires me up. This should fire you up too. I take a pay cut. Will I sell my car and drive a rinky-dink car? Drive a moped? I don't. I don't mean you know what I'm saying. Let's get down to let's get down to business here. Let's start counting the cost. You move me out of my apartment under a bridge. Oh man. But if it's for my if it's for my household, if it's for my wife, I would do it in a heartbeat. I would sell the clothes off of my back. I would trade it all to make sure I was doing what God wanted me to do for my home. Amen. Some of us got to get to the place where we could say that. And some of us can say that and not mean it. Some of us could probably say it and mean it. I'm telling you right now, that's that's a place where you got to be at. You say, well, I just got this new job and, I, and, and things are just really starting to go great. Yeah, but your kids are going to hell. <laughs> but you don't understand, I just this is what God had for me you know, to have this job. And, I, and, I, and unfortunately, I got I to gotta work most weekends and... and I'm never really home all the time, and I think they go to church on Wednesdays. I mean, I'm not really sure. I come home kind of late. Forget the job. Forget the paycheck, right? Forget all of that. I believe absolutely. As a body, not only just in this in this house, but just all over the nation, we this is just where we got to be at. Where people say, well, "I heard you you took a pay cut and you you switched jobs and oh why why'd you just I mean you just got this job and you were so happy about it." How much of a witness would it be to those around us? Huh? And say, "Hey, you know what? You know, that was great, but my kids were just not doing so great, and I need to be home with them, and I need to be going to church with them." I just wasn't being as godly as I should have been. Come on, give me a godly, poor parent than, than a, a greedy, come on now, godless parent any day of the week. When 
I grew up in my household, my mom, my mom owned a car dealership. Owned a car, and she was successful. Driving new vehicles every other day, it seemed like. But when we, when me and my brothers and sisters started showing up and started growing up, she quit the job. Now, how many know that's a pay cut from owning a car dealership to being a household wife? That's a big pay cut, right? That isn't just a, a you know going down in promotion. That was a pay cut, literally, completely. But I'm so thankful, man, that I had a I had a mom that did that. That wasn't so that wasn't so worried about a paycheck. That she forgot about us. And we, she wasn't so worried about what she was driving the next day. Because I'm telling you, I could tell as a kid the change that was made. You know, like we didn't have wheat bread anymore. We had white bread. You know what I'm saying? You know where it starts. You know, you get rich, you start buying wheat bread. You get poor, you start buying white bread. You know what I'm saying? If I did good this month, I'm probably going to get some wheat bread at Walmart today. You know, but it wasn't so great last month, so I had white bread last week. But there were huge changes in our house. I mean, we weren't do we weren't going out and doing the things. We were homeschooled. You know what I'm saying? We couldn't afford the private schooling anymore. I went to private school for one year and then my mom quit her job and then we were mom said, I'm gonna be your teacher now. <laughs> this is how it's gonna work. Because I can't afford taking you back and forth, but I'm so thankful. I'm so, so thankful. And out of all the sermons my mom wouldn't listen to, it'd probably be this one. You know what I'm saying? But I'm going to tell you, you better listen to this one because I gave you a shout-out. But I'm so thankful I had a mama and I had a daddy who knew how to take care of their kids outside of the means of the American dream. Come on, I mean, I know I ain't a parent. You know what I'm saying? I know I ain't, I, I ain't got no kids. But I, I was just a kid not too long ago. And I know what I'm thankful for now. And I'm not thank and I'm not saying I wish my mom would have kept the car dealership. I wish my mom would have just worked all those hours. I wish my parents would have just worked all through the night and gave me all the possessions and gave me everything that I wanted. I'm saying today I'm thankful that my parents took the pay cut, that dropped the job, that started driving horrible nasty vehicles beat up Suburbans. Sarah knows what I'm talking about. My dad had his Toyota four-wheel drive, had to sell it. He got pictures of it today. He'll still show, me, show it to me and talk to me about it. And that was a bad truck. He, say, he said, that was a bad truck. I'm like, I can't even tell it's a truck. It's like taking a 1984. It's like all spotty and like bleached and stuff. I can't even, I can't even tell what it is. That's a bad truck, boy bad truck but I'm so glad that that bad truck wasn't more important than me man my goodness I'm so glad that that boat and all those toys that my parents had wasn't more important than me and wasn't more important than my sister and wasn't more important than my brother and I'm so glad we wore we wore our kid clothes until they about ripped open and fell apart on us 
right? I'm so glad we, we, grew, we grew through those kid clothes and those baby clothes. Because when I was a kid, I wasn't, worried, I wasn't really all that worried about what I had in my hand. I was worried about what I had with my parents. And I love my parents' guts out to this very day, man, for it. I hug them and kiss them, man. Because of the things that they've done for me. And I knew they took a sacrifice. And I know that that me and my brothers, we, we were more important. Is this good stuff? I don't really know how to close this out. I don't know if you're feeling anything along this line or I'm not trying to fidget to you, but if, if you have anything that you want to. How many wished years ago you had heard, actually not heard what he's sharing. We heard what he was sharing years ago. Some of you in my bracket, you, you heard what he's sharing years ago, but we didn't listen. And the thing is, the generation now is going to hear the same teaching, and probably we hope and pray that some will listen. Uh, some in my category would love to be able to sell some of the toys for what you paid for them, and get out of all that mess anybody with me just we are at the place now we understand but you know what happens is there is a balance the word of God says beloved I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prosper God wants us to prosper but the reason that the church is in as big mess as the world is because the the message of prosperity was preached wrong prosperity that message was so preached wrong in the last few decades in the church that prosperity was made to believe that prosperity was all this stuff and it has nothing to prosperity has nothing to do with that stuff and I wished I'd have listened 20 30 years ago and wasn't worried about all that stuff because now we have a goal of getting out from under all that stuff and wish we didn't have all that debt and credit card is not prosperity when them things come in the mail that ain't God sending a blessing your way. That's not prosperity. A credit card is not prosperity. Uh, thank God for the teaching. Thank God that you know it was on your heart, because that's where the the whole country, the whole nation, the whole world is. Is we're facing something, and we have to make some changes. And change is hard. That's the reason we ain't doing it because we want instant. We want instant everything. That, that's why we're in a mess we're in because we want instant everything and because we can't have instant change a lot of us won't make a change because we don't want it tomorrow I, I would love what he just preached instantly tomorrow no debt no credit card debt no need for the credit cards and not worrying about all the stuff I wish tomorrow I could be debt free anybody wish tomorrow you could be just debt free wish that that check that you were going to get this week was not already spent wouldn't that be incredible? Now, it wouldn't matter how much a check was because it's not already gone. And you're already planning. It'd be incredible. But to get there, we got to just make a few steps. We have to make some change. This ain't going to happen overnight. Got to make some change. God can set us free from this bondage. The realization that a lot of us have in our heart and our mind now and an understanding that we don't need all this stuff and that this stuff ain't prosperity and thank God for nice houses. Anybody want a nice house? 
Thank God for nice houses. Thank God for nice cars. I remember a car that we were embarrassed. We hoped that the light would not be red. Because if the light was red when we stopped at it, nobody could see when it turned green. Thank God for a car that doesn't smoke up the red light, you know. Thank God. You know, I just thank God for His blessing. Thank God for His blessings. No matter how small they are, we thank God for His blessings. But we're going to take this word, and, and, and I pray that this word, and, and there were some sobering moments. And those sobering, quiet moments just makes you look inside. And what happens is, when you're in a service or you, you hear the word, you gather the word, you sit here right now and you think, in your mind, in your heart, you already got some ideas, I could make a change in this area. And then you walk out this door, you walk back out into the, the world, and that that was in you is already in you. How, how many knows what I'm talking about? You, you love sitting in the anointing, and you get words in the anointing, and you're like, yes. And then it's robbed to you before you even get in the car. And then by tomorrow, it's just kind of fading away. And you, know, you tell them, that's a great word. And then by Tuesday, it's like back to the same grinding the wheel, grinding the wheel. We need, we need to make some change. I believe that we all need to purpose, make some change in our, in our lives. And uh, 